Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,331. Never stop improving. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Cincinnati, Ohio, Eric Keller. Hey, Eric, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, Mark. Yes, the engine oil is warm and the gas tank is full. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Eric Keller has transformed his hobby and passion for all things BMW into Enthusiast Auto Group, known as EAG, a specialized business known for quality preservation of the most significant BMWs produced over the past four decades. Started in a college dorm room, he surrounded himself with talented BMW experts, including his brother, Evan Keller. At EAG, they source, rehabilitate, and find top-level BMWs for fellow enthusiasts like me all over the globe. They manage all functions of BMW preservation in-house, from mechanical service and repair to complete restoration work in their paint and body department. Focusing primarily on BMW M cars, thousands of cars have gone through their renovation program. And I'll tell our listeners, I ran into Eric when I was at the Esoteric Open House in Ohio. It was so good to meet you in person and see some of the fantastic cars. I'll tell you, Eric had some really cool cars there, including an M1. It was quite spectacular. So, Eric, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion? For automobiles and BMW M cars, one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Well, thanks for having us on, and it's good to connect with you and share our hobby and passion for cars with you know, a lot of fellow enthusiasts all over. Um, you know, it's a pretty yes. kind of cool story. Um, my grandfather, Evan, I's grandfather, Bob, was in the farm machinery industry, and uh, he was a John Deere dealer starting in the fifties. And my father came up in that industry working for him and learning a lot of valuable lessons and, and the hardest working man you know, I know. And he followed his father's footsteps, uh, you know, teaching a lot of the lessons that he learned to Evan and I, and he opened up his own farm equipment to uh, resale facility, doing a lot of the preventative work and, and restorative work to the farm equipment, which gave Evan and I a really good technical basis working with our hands. We didn't go to the, the school uh, for it. Rather, we, we learned it um, by doing it. And, you know, kind of learned from others, of course, and he surrounded us with all of his staff and, and you know, treated all of them like family. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we went to school and, and first our family go to school and get some degrees. And like uh, dad fired us, I think, when we were 14 years old, uh, told us to go out and get a real job. <laughs> and um, it, we just, you know, kept working, working and working because every dollar that we were able to put in, that got us closer to what Evan and I really wanted, uh, you know, that magical year 16 uh, or 15 when we can get a little early and go out and buy that car. And so we just always had it ingrained in us to, to work really hard and, and we could definitely have some money to, to go do what we were just always passionate about, which was cars. And it's been a fantastic ride uh, ever since. And, and so it's uh, really a blessing that turned our hobby and passion, especially the BMWs, into something that we get to do every day and surround ourselves with really great uh, guys that love it and, and share the passion um, uh, in everything that we do. Absolutely. It's a great story. I love it. The work ethic that your dad built within you and your brother is fantastic. No doubt has paid off. And I love the fact that he kind of booted you out the nest by firing you and said, okay, now for you get out on your own and learn how to do your own thing. It's one of the best things he probably could have done for you. So it's a great story. Well, as we continue on your journey, though, 
I would like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Eric, take the wheel. Yeah, it's been a great ride. And, and I think, for, and I don't know exactly where this came from or, or how it came about other than, you know, we've always challenged every person that we've brought into the EAG family as we continue to add more and some more staff, um, you know, with a simple mantra that, that just never stop improving. And any and everything that we do, we always continue to try to, is there a better way? Um, is there something that's going to last longer? Is there something that's going to be better for the experience, for the customer, for the, the you know, technical service or repair that we're doing to the car? And uh, that never stop move, improving you know, mantra has ser- served us extremely well. And, and I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't say that to one of our staff, you know, when taking the, the morning rounds and checking in on everybody and seeing how everything's going. Definitely uh, instrumental in helping us get to where we're at. Well, it reminds me of the old Japanese Kaizen philosophy of sharpening of the saw, constant and never-ending improvement. And especially when you're dealing with restoring old cars, because people are going to get in these things and drive them. And if they're not safe, uh, you're putting them in harm's way. But more importantly, in the automotive restoration business, we all know there's a lot of folks out there doing things kind of part way. They get about 80% done and then they kind of give up. Uh, you see these cars sometimes going across auction blocks and they look really shiny and nice. But when you start to crawl under them and look at them, you realize somebody did not think of this mantra, never stop improving. They just stopped doing and never went forward. So yeah, we, we call it putting lipstick on the pig. And yeah. uh, we yeah. we see it yeah, we see it all the time. We've got so many cars that are shipped to us that have just been purchased, you know, from auction or, or elsewhere. A lot of the online auctions, they just the cars come straight here and we're like, Well, this doesn't quite match what you thought it was, but we can we can help yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's tough because especially in this world of social media, everything looks pretty in a picture and you can hide things and not show things. So caveat emptor or better yet, get a hold of someone like Eric if you're looking for a special M car. BMW historically that uh, has already been vetted, gone through, and you know would be really perfect. I want you to go back in time and share a story with me that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? Uh, yeah, you know, we um, always were going to different car shows and, and events uh, with our father at the Cruz Brothers Auction in Auburn, Indiana. You know, and throughout the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, right before I think eBay ended up buying them, uh, you know, there was, you know, four or 5,000 cars always for sale during Labor Day weekend. And, uh, you know, going out and seeing all the different cars and, and knowing what each one of them were, which was a game we always played in the car with, with our father, um, you know, being able to, to see it, know it before the other, uh, you know, it was almost as a competition to a degree. <laughs> uh, and just understanding all the little differences and tricks and this has this fin and that has that fin, this has this engine, et cetera. And, and you know, doing that with all the muscle cars of you know his day and seeing him really passionate about it just you know certainly laid a, a great foundation that, that Evan and I have built upon um, to, you know to this day yeah I had uh, Dan Cruz uh, as a guest here on the show cars yeah podcast I know John Cruz as well and and that family business that they built up over the years and uh, if I recall right I mean they really kind of started not only with cars but farm equipment and construction equipment and auctioning all those things off when companies need to liquidate things or whatever might be happening so Car auctions are an interesting spectacle. I've had many people, including my wife, who really isn't into cars that much, but gets very excited at car auctions. Same with my daughter. Just the excitement of car auctions. And again, you got to be careful. Bring somebody with you smart if you're, you've got a checkbook at a car auction who can tell you, you know what? Don't bid on that thing. Nope. Don't set a price. Don't go over it because uh, you might end up with something that you don't really like. I would love for you to talk about 
are the roads you've gone down that maybe have been challenging or even faced a failure once or twice along the way? And the reason I like this question is others are going through the same thing. And I want you to share your story and then tell us how you learned from that lesson so that you can move forward in a positive way. Sure. You know, this industry is very, very dependent upon uh, talent and skill. And the technical side of things is, again, like, you know, not something you can just instantly teach and read a book and now you know how to, to you know, diagnose, diagnose a problem that, you know, has no fault codes. Um, you know, the car doesn't even have a, uh, you know, fault code um, uh, system uh, in a lot of, a lot of times with the, the, the 80s and stuff and earlier. And so having that, the right staff is, is, definitely been probably one of the biggest challenges, you know, especially early on is, you know, when you're small and, and don't have a name or reputation or track record, it's hard to attract, you know, the, the right skilled crew to, to help accomplish that goal. And regardless of, of what one person can do, it's, it's, you know, an orchestra doesn't sound great without all of its instruments, you know, in unison and in chorus. We've been really blessed to, to have found some really great guys over the years and then uh, you continue to add more and more staff. And um, now that we've got the, you know, some of the best in the industry, um, we're very, very fortunate that uh, the EAG family, as we affectionately call them, has uh, attracted a lot of talent from elsewhere. And it's you know really awesome and just a really humbling experience when you get you know unsolicited emails or calls from people out of state that want to come and join the, the team and, and work on all these beautiful M cars and, and special BMWs to preserve them for the future. And yeah, I don't know exactly what there's one magic trick or secret sauce. Um, it was just, you know, a lot of hard work and, and a lot of commitment to uh, uh, keep going. And, and uh, when the wrong, right, what was you thought the right guy turned out to be the wrong guy, you know, it's hard and, and it's, uh, you know, HR is really challenging. Um, but uh, I think that we're, hopefully it feels that we're through the thick of it and then gotten to the point where now we've got a lot of people that you know, want to come work for us. And that's just such a, a great feeling to know that we're doing, doing things right, especially taking great care of our people along the way. So they're very, very devoted and, and really have the passion to do it right the first time. And, you know, they really wear their, rep, their you know, their, their reputation on their sleeve and knowing that, you know, they're the last person to, to see and touch that car during the final inspections, during the final detail that's going on that enclosed truck to go to its new home, you know, 2000 miles away. Um, if there's a problem, you know, it's our problem that you know, we take that really seriously and really do the best that we can to, to ensure that you know, we don't have those type of phone calls because, you know, learning from those experiences and, and we've made mistakes and, and it's how you handle them is really what, uh, you know, has, has helped shape who we are as a company. We try to obviously make as few mistakes as possible, and we've uh, definitely you know, learned the hard way a lot of a lot of times along the way. And there's no shame in that. Again, never stop improving. So we you know, hopefully don't have uh, uh, very many of them per year. Um, but with machines, you know, things you know bounce around in the truck. A, a filament on a bulb can break, and we'll send it to you. And if that's the worst that goes uh, after a delivery, then you know everything's a okay. You're doing pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, you said something earlier that. Struck a chord, treating them like family. And you mentioned uh, that's the way your grandfather and your dad ran their businesses. Uh, this is a common issue I've heard, and it's it's a common problem in all sectors of business, is finding the right people, the best fit, and then keeping those people there motivated, growing, and so forth. So let me ask you before I jump to the next question, because there's a lot of people out there that are going, okay, well, how do you do that, though? I, I understand the problem, but how do you attract good quality people and then how do you keep them? So if there's one or two things you could share with us that you found work well for you in that respect that could translate even to different industries, what would they be? That's a good question. 
I think giving our crew the the ability and the autonomy to make their own decisions and to be their own, I don't say be their own boss, but we've given them a lot more freedom in this industry than, than others. You know, I guess a good example is the majority of, of staff and techs in the automotive world are all flat rate and they're judged and based on how fast they can get stuff through the door and how fast they get it done is, is their pay is uh, proportional to that um, flat rate shop. Uh, we have never been a flat rate shop. Rather, we're a flat quality shop and, and pay our guys the same check every uh, uh, week. And it's a salary-based approach that is rather unconventional and, and doesn't always work the best for the, the production capacity, but it's proven to work the best for the quality control and the ability to really ensure that we're taking care of all those last details that we're known for and that we've built a reputation upon and it's not done with, with you know, pressure or with, Hey, you know, this is a three hour job and you've been here six hours. And, and so, you know, really giving, I guess to, to generalize it though, you know, it's giving the, the, the team, the ability to make their own decisions, to make some mistakes, learn from them, but also any and every time that there's an opportunity to improve and, and every day I challenge them, is, is, was this the best approach for this problem? Could we have done it better looking back? And having those type of conversations in a really open communicative format, while it's not everybody's you know forte and a lot of people you, you almost have to you know pull it out of them a lot of times, that's definitely helped us overcome a lot of challenges and stay out in front of stuff before it became an issue, both you know from an HR standpoint, but but also um, you know again from that quality control because that's really the basis of everything that we do is is um, ensuring that it's right and. Um, uh, we've got to rely on them to make the best decisions they can. And, and that's, uh, it was hard. It's hard. Um, and, and the first couple months, the learning curve is pretty steep. Um, and the, the first, uh, uh, you know, full-time tech that we hired, which was going back 15 years, um, uh, you know, it was a big expense, especially for a small business. And, and that's just what it's taken. The sacrifices that we've had to make as small business owners to be competitive with the, the bigger places that have a lot more, weight and, and money to throw around. We've never had that before. And so we had to get creative, but you, you've got to definitely um, take care of those that take care of you and your business. And, and the fact that they care just as much about the, the company as we do, it's, you know, you can't ask for more than that in, in you know, any business, uh, but it's a, it's a culture that takes a long time to cultivate, um, but you've definitely. got to lay a good you know foundation and you know build upon it. Nice. Very nice. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably do two because it's, um, it's hard to pick. Um, you know, the first one is I, I have, I have, um, automotive attention deficit disorder. I mean, I have it really bad. It's AADD <laughs> and, you know, you've added was, to the acronym. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it was, it was, you know, a dozen plus cars before I graduated high school. And it was nothing more to just taste every flavor in the car rainbow. And you know, there are so many cars out there that I wanted to own, and none of them were very nice, and none of them were very expensive. Um, but they were all very different, and there were certain things about each of those cars that I liked. But you know, I just kept searching. I never found the car that like totally just checked all my boxes. And so you know, I'd get bored really, really, really quick. My dad brought home a BMW uh, in the late uh, mid mid nineties. And that just kind of perked our ears up a little bit, but you know we couldn't afford that as, as you know kids still you know in early early years, and um, I think we were in high school, 
and um, uh, the, I ended up buying my first BMW in my, my first year of college, very early, like sec, second week of college. Um, and it was a good little 525i. Sold it to a professor quite quickly. One of my business professors made a little bit of money. I'm like, huh, this is <laughs> nice. maybe something that, that kind of works. So, you know, like a, a, yeah. a, a mini a mini aha moment. And then yeah. the second the second BMW which that I bought, which is uh, was an E28 M5, and nice. that car finally you know was a car that offered all the things that I had been missing in the total you know driving experience. I totally felt con- in control of everything that was going on. There was really clear feedback in really just the most pure analog form. And that car just did everything so well um, that it just cast a spell on me saying, you know what, we should maybe, let's look more into these M cars. What are these M cars all about? And that's what kind of spirals into, you know, hobby turned into passion, turned into now full-blown, you know, addiction status. And, you know, if if I don't buy, if I don't buy an M car in a 36 hour period, you know, I start shaking. Um, (laughs) And and, and, and I'm almost being literal in that same kind of, I guess can say for the sales side of it, but we've been very blessed that that we do have a pretty good rate of turnover in in a lot of the cars these days, almost most of the cars these days actually end up finding us organically. Our phone rings, you know, Hey, I've got something really special and I want to keep it in a good home. But I think that the really, the really special car though, the the second car here, um, it tells a really great story. Um, I, I just, I, I had to buy this back and actually I bought it back when we were at Esoteric. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it to you when we were walking around, but it's, the, um, it's the second E30 M3 that Evan and I ever bought. And it was owned by three PCA instructors, uh, in, I think it was Maryland and it was on S14.net. One of the forums, um, uh, popped up and it was a very well-written ad, very informational. You could tell the guy was all business and, and to the point and that he loved the car. And we called him up and said, Hey, we're ser- seriously interested in your car. Um, you know, this would be our second E30 M3, uh, love everything about it. Can you tell us more about it? And you know, we're qualifying the car. And he kind of took the conversation away from us and went the other way and started kind of interviewing us um, uh, by phone here uh, in order to even see if we were worth his time. And I'm like, okay, you know, this guy probably has something really nice, really special. So we uh, get through everything. He's, he kind of says, okay, these guys are serious. If you guys are going to come, uh, you know, bring bring cash. And so Evan jumps on an airplane, which is how we did it back then. Uh, Evan jumps on an airplane with a license plate, a blank bill of sale, and a, a bag full of money. I think it was maybe eighteen or $15,000, something like that. And uh, he gets there and he tells me the story. You know, the guy's... Uh, uh, the first guy that bought it sold. The second guy said, "Hey, if you ever sell this, you got to call me first. The, se- the second guy told that to the third guy and had to check with the first guy as well. So it was, you know, it was this group of three guys' car, and so they kind of all had to sign off on Evan when he got to Maryland. And um, apparently, you know, Evan passed uh, the test, and and uh, you know, he was there for quite a long time. But ended up driving the car back uh, home, and and we've built a really great relationship with that car because it's the first car that was uh, offered to us back from the person we sold it to. He had AADD as well. Um, Richard McGinn uh, in Texas, he and his brother came uh, in. Uh, Richard lives in um, Texas and then his brother, I don't remember his name, but McGinn was in Chicago. The Texas brother flew to Chicago. They jumped in the 911, drove down to EAG. And the third M3 we had, which is the one they came to look at, was a white one. And his brother ended up buying the black one as well, uh, kind of salt and pepper, uh, two for one. It's the first time we ever sold two cars at the same time. And about six months later, uh, the Texas guy called me up and says, hey, do you want your old car back? 
And that's really where the aha moment that really has formed our company kind of came into play. And that car we've bought back that. So Saturday, uh, two Saturdays ago with uh, esoteric, when I agreed said, Hey, yes, you, you got a done deal of shaking your hand through the phone. That was the 11th time I bought that car. <laughs> well, I tell you, you've discovered a really important thing here because I've had a lot of car resellers on this business or in the show, I should say that are very, very successful. And all of them tell the same story that they bought and sold the same car multiple, multiple, multiple times. They just keep making money on it every single time. So that's a little uh, secret to, to the history of what you've built there. Yeah, well, and, well, and the, the beautiful thing is it's not about the economics in that story for me. It's more about what that car has taught us and the processes and the mistakes. And what do you do when you get a exhaust stud stuck you know, in the head? Buying it back every time, we got to judge our own work since we're putting it through an open checkbook, recommissioning every time that we have had the opportunity. We're perpetually judging the quality of our own work a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. I just completed the inspection of the car this morning. Uh, that's the 11th time I've been under that car with one of my staff. And it's been three and a half years since we've seen it last. And we're like, you know, we wrote a four-page single-space line because we're doing things a lot better now in the class of 2019 than we were even in the class of 2016. Yeah. So, you know, we cool. never stop improving. Very nice. It goes back to the mantra. How about seller's remorse? You've sold lots and lots of cars. Is there, is there one in particular you wish you had kept and just hung on to? <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Our very first, I'll call him by definition, I mean, he was a whale client, first guy that we ever built a really great, strong relationship with. And he was a first guy that we ever sold a car to for just a bit over MSRP, which was an 88 M5 that had only 5,000 miles. And we traded a bunch of cars back and forth up until this time. And it was 2000, either 10 or 11. And this was his third uh, version of this uh, uh, very special you know, E26 chassis. M1, very similar to the one that we showed you uh, at Esoteric. And it was white. And it was, you know, the best one that he could find over a 20-year span. And I'd just completed a, a round-trip deal. I sold a, a gentleman a car and then ended up buying it back a couple months later with a, a certain quite aggressive entrepreneur just outside of Chicago uh, in the automobile accessory industry. And I'll just leave it at that. He... Um, convinced me to sell him this M1 that I'd been hoping to own forever. He convinced me to sell it uh, to him while it was still on the truck. So it never even made it to Cincinnati. The first M1 that we'd ever bought, you know, biggest expense by 2X of a car that we'd ever bought, but we bought it on trust because of the relationship with the client. And so, you know, okay, I'll sell you the M1, but remember, you know, enjoy it, have fun with it, show it with others. But when you're done, you know, call us. We'd sure, we, we would love to have the opportunity to buy it back and, and keep it in a good home. And the remorse part comes in when six months later, uh, I get a phone call out of the blue. I hadn't heard from him even after the car arrived. A call, no answer. Six months after this, I get a call. Hey, Eric, uh, uh, thanks for the M1. I sold it, made 50 grand. It's now in France. See ya. Bye. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So I, I, I spent the next six years not necessarily trying to track down that VIN number, but to try to replace another white M1, you know, hopefully yeah. in my birth year, you know, 1981. And it took me six and a half, seven, almost, yeah, seven years to find that M1 that uh, we were playing with uh, last week. And so, nice. um, it, but it all, everything happens for a reason. And you know, yeah. the car that we ended up with is a is a much better car and has a much better provenance and whatnot. But you know, that's that stuck with go. me and taught me how to not do. You know, you don't do business that way. Um, 
and, and totally yeah, that's unfortunate. Some people are that way. That's just the way it is. And you just yeah. move on and you keep their names in a separate book to go, not sure I want to work with that guy again. So I understand. I'm really lucky. I'm super lucky that I can count on one hand uh, that list. Yeah. Um, in, yeah, in, in it's pretty small in the car world, fortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited and fired up about your business right now, what people could learn to uh, expect from you if they call you and want to do business with you. They're at Enthusiast Auto Group, EAG. Yep, cool. All of like the you know that black on red E30 M3 that we've had 11 times. You know the lessons that we've learned with all of these cars coming back through, and we you know the same models of cars again, all M3s, M5s, Z8s. You know uh, the rarer the car, the specialer it is. The lower the mileage it is, the more likely we have three of them. And having our guys having that exposure to that level of quality consistently has given us a very different prescription lens. And has taught us on a technical side the practices to really fix these cars right, what we call a rejuvenation. And we've been having cars sent to us. I mean, we've you know almost pushed it away just because it's, we're so busy with our internal stuff on the sales side that you know, we've not really been had the time or energy to, to focus on fixing all these other people's cars when we've got you know 150 cars of our own that you know take three, four, five weeks, sometimes months to to get through the program. And so uh, we finally made the conscious effort to, to throw a little gasoline on this fire, and, and um, we've opened up another uh, rejuvenation center workshop. Uh, we just leased it uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It's the only building that we lease, thankfully. Most of the rest of all we we own them, but it's the sixth building in our campus, and it adds another a big workshop to to be able to bring in and open arm uh, the, these rejuvenations of these special cars, and you know, make sure that the cars are in our wheelhouse, but. Uh, uh, adding more to the AG family and and more resources to you know preserve these cars that are worth preserving for you know the future. Uh, they're not making more of them, especially these analog ones are you know, not to be recreated anytime soon. Yeah, very very cool. Well, congratulations for that. I think it's fantastic. My listeners know I'm a huge M car fan. I've had four M3s. Uh, I have one currently, and I love those cars. They're great. They're just awesome all around cars. So. Uh, Kudos to the kind of vehicles you're putting out. And I'll tell our listeners, having met Eric at the Esoteric Open House in Ohio there, uh, all the stuff I saw that he brought, and he brought a bunch of cars that are the top-notch things. So uh, if you love these cars, check out Enthusiast Auto Group. I'll put a link to his his website on his show notes page. So Eric, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark it cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer 
and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah! Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, we are back, Eric, and I've got a bit of an introspective question for you. If you were a vehicle, what kind of car would Eric be and why? I think that I would probably be a E39 M5, you know, 2003 era, the third generation. And that sedan, it's to me, it's kind of the Swiss Army knife of all of the analog BMW M cars, um, or just all all cars of, of all manufacturers for that matter. I mean, it just does everything really, really well. Um, it's not the the absolute best at any just one thing, and but it does. You know, there's not a, a category where it does not excel quite well. It's the sum of all of its parts and all the lessons that you know the brand and the manufacturer and the engineers had learned over about the 20 years that it took from the first M5 to, to this third generation to really hit out of the park. And, and it's, I think, um, you know, in a lot of ways, the swan song of the, the and sedans, especially with a dipstick and a key that you stick in the ignition and twist. You know, that's, uh, that's just a great all around car. And I think of myself with our team and all the different hats that I have to wear uh, or I choose to wear um, in, in that, uh, in that fashion. Yeah. Great car. I love those cars, man. You drive those things. Put your foot down and they just don't quit putting the power on. They're absolutely brilliant. Love them. Love that whole era. Well, Eric, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers of that M5. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice or automotive buying advice you've ever received? Uh, That's a really good question because we've been very fortunate with our clients and, and learning from them and, and but also putting them on what we call the EAG car counseling couch and listening. Once we determine you know, what the goals and priorities are of that next purchase, I really try hard to coach our clients to to buy as a seller. Put yourself not in the buying perspective, but the ownership's perspective. Now that you're responsible for this car, what is this time look like is it going to be is it going to be fun where i'm fixing it all up all the time uh, or is it going to be uh in a, a lot of guys that's that's what they want to do they want to do the projects with their son and i'm, I'm all for that obviously um i've got a son myself and and uh look forward to sharing that with them too but understanding that there's going to be a time when you're probably going to sell that car and so making sure that you buy the right position to accomplish your goals of that ownership experience, um, you'll make a much better decision buying the car, uh, running through that whole ownership exercise before you ever reach for your wallet. Yeah, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? I'm sure my mom's going. <laughs> I'm sure my mom's going to completely agree with this one, and and frankly, my <laughs> wife, my wife, uh, even more so. Determination. Uh, it's yeah. not a function. It's not a function of if, but it's a function of how. Definitely. 
a trend I've seen here, tenacity, perseverance, uh, determination, all those with entrepreneurs. How about a resource? Is there one out there you'd like to share? Uh, I think a fun one that we've just ter- uh, have been turned on to the last couple of years, um, it's more of an event, but it ends up being a resource with all of the relationships that are cultivated, uh, is the, the vintage, the BMW gathering uh, just outside of Asheville and Hot Springs, North Carolina. It's you know, a, a, that, that uh, most people, ourselves included, will drive to from wherever, and it's a big car show. It's a big reunion of, of fun people and, and great cars. And uh, walking the event, I think there are 650 cars this year, and seeing all the different, well, just all the different areas. It's mainly from the 90s and back, and they have a nice little slot meet. Uh, but the relationships with the people that we've met um, just in the two years that we've been going to that event have certainly been really beneficial, and, and I'm sure will be long-lasting. Uh, so I think it's at the at the vintage would be your your key search terms at the at the vintage.com. I think it is absolutely at the vintage.com. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I think it would have to be Johnny Chicago. He's super accomplished driver, both with motorcycles and cars, and has had a lot of um, ups, but some downs too. His relationship with BMW, starting in with uh, the March um, team, Formula 2, and then bumped up to Formula 1, getting to a kind of a, a high, high peak, but then only to crash and break both of his legs, which is a trend that's happened in our family as well with my brother and, and knowing how challenging that can be to come back from. And then, you know, here just, you know, in Evan's case, five months later, in Johnny's case, you know, about a year later, getting back on the horse and jumping back in the, the driver's seat and, and, you know, facing the fear and, and uh, going out and ending up winning, uh, winning the championships, uh, many different accolades, um, you know, in his relationship with the cars that we love too, of course. And there's just, I got so much stuff I'd love to talk with him about when the opportunity presents and hopeful that uh, that actually might happen sometime. Very cool. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? The most recent book, I think, is probably going to be the easiest one to pick because it's sitting right here on my desk and uh, the author of it was on your show at some point uh, in the past year, a couple, maybe two years ago, I think. It's the, the new book for the third exhibit at the BMW Foundation uh, by Jackie Jure named Passion. And I just started going through the first third of it or so in the last couple of days. And it just goes through and tells kind of the whole storyline from an enthusiast's vantage point, you know, how we've gotten to where we're at today and the cars and the people and the the projects and just the, the whole path um, is really clearly laid out over the last 50 years of, you know, the BMW car club and, and uh, you know, the great, great group of people. And I'm fortunate that a lot of the people in the book, I know very, very well and they're very good friends and, and close clients as well. And uh, she really, she really, uh, good job, Jackie. You knocked out of the park with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those listeners that missed that talk I had with Jackie, go back. You can find it on the Cars yeah website. Uh, great lady, does some cool things. I got to meet her at the LeMay Museum at a BMW event there one time, which I don't get to always meet a lot of my guests, which uh, is always exciting for me, just like when I got to meet you at the Esoteric event. So a uh, shout out to Jackie Jarrett and her book, Passion. Great job there. You can find all these links Eric has shared on his very own show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type in Eric Keller into that search bar and that page will pop right up. All right, Eric, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy for a guy that's got AADA, BMW, DDA. <laughs> all yeah. the stuff you've got. Yeah. For a guy who loves cars, especially cool BMWs. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's some rules to this game. The toughest one for you is going to be you can't sell it. 
You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys or shop equipment or hire more people with. You got to keep it. You got to drive it. No garage queens. But here's the kicker. It's the only collector car that you can have. So what's it going to be? It's hard. Probably the hardest question on your uh, platform here for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Um, I'm not going to make it easy for you because yeah. I'm buying you a car, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's so you know my first my first answer was going to be an M1 um an M1 Pro car even um but you wouldn't be able to use it every day and the maintenance and requirements are there so I I've got to go back to the car I took to vintage this year and a car I've had a relationship with pretty much from the start just the ultimate form of it which is the E30 M3 Sport Evolution I bonded with that car like crazy this past you know driving a month ago down to vintage and the twisty roads and actually putting that car through its paces and taking it right to the edge of its limits. That was just some of the best driving experiences I've ever had. And, and I don't know how many thousands and thousands of M cars I've driven at this point. I mean, well, way, way over 10,000. That experience with that car dialed in was just absolute pure driving nirvana. I was five hours late coming home because I got lost <laughs> purposely <laughs> in the back road. Conveniently. Uh, yeah, I mean, it got to a point I was, I was, I got myself almost sick because it was just so much curvy roads and the car just wouldn't put a, a foot, a millimeter out of place. Yeah, that's a cool car. I think they only made like 600 of those. Is that right? You nailed it. Yeah, you're on, right on point. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know the car well. So very nicely done. Well, I'll get to work. Is there a color that you'd like me to find one of these for you in? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think you're, you're going to have to buy it from this really cool place in Ohio because it's, it's sitting in my garage. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's so I got to buy a car you have to give to you. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's, I think that's the, the scenario we found ourselves in. <laughs> well, why don't you just keep the car you have so I don't have to buy it from you? Well, I know yeah. why, because you're a business guy. Duh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, salary, the, the lights uh, just always have to be turned on and the, and the of course. machine has to, to keep, uh, uh, keep fed. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Well, hey, at least it's parked right in your garage. I think that's cool. Very nicely done, Eric. Well, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew this would be fun. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off in your very own car that I'm going to end up buying from you and then giving back to you, your BMW E30 <laughs> M3 Sport Evolution in black? Yeah, I, I think one of the best things in doing this is has been listening and learning from others. Um, I spend hours and hours on the phone um, every day, a lot of times with people I've never spoken to before, but we share the car bond and hit it off you know, like almost like we're old high school or college buddies. And I find myself, as as do they, uh, you know, telling them uh, what what's challenges we're coming up against or what the challenges they've had and, and just listening and learning from the experiences of others have had that are, you know, 10, 20, 30 years further along in, in life and business than myself. And, and most importantly, you know, uh, and listening to them, but you know, taking the advice and putting it to action. Um, it's, it's been a very, very, it's one of the best rewards that I never would have saw coming. And, and frankly, our business is where it's at today because of those experiences and, and relationships we've built. Very cool. Sounds like what I do all day long. Listen and yeah. learn from people, just like I've listened and learn from Eric, Eric Keller here today. Mark, appreciate you having us on the show. And, and if you'd like to see more behind the scenes at our shop, our YouTube channel, something that we've just kind of started doing just in the last uh, six to 12 months. And it really is a good way to share what's going on at EAG with our, our clients and friends. And it's very impromptu. It's not professional. Uh, it's quite the opposite. If I see something that's pretty cool that's going on that day and I've got five minutes, uh, we're just shooting an impromptu video and, and sharing it with our friends and clients and enthusiasts all over. 
Uh, so if that is something that uh, is of interest to you, uh, subscribe to our channel and, and certainly follow us on Instagram. Uh, both of those are EAG BMW. And our website's the same, eagbmw.com. There we go. I'll make sure I put those links up there. Yeah, check this out. It's really fun what they're doing. It kind of takes you into the shop. It's a great ride along. I would encourage you to check out enthusiastautogroup.com. You can go to their website, check out the cars they have, because they've got a lot of cool cars. If you're looking for a very special BMW, this is your source. Nicely done, Eric. Thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with my listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Sounds good, Mark. Thanks for having us on. Look forward to to catching up with you again soon. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.